Byron Curry, Pastor Byron Curry, Bishop Byron Curry. Uh, we just want to say thank God for another opportunity and another day to give God glory, honor, and praise. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. It is another wonderful Wednesday, wonderful Wednesday. We can expect God to do great and mighty things today. Bible says that eyes haven't uh, seen, neither have ears heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of man what God has in store for us who love him. Also, the Bible says that he knows the plans that he have concerning us, not of evil, but of good, and he will bring us to an appointed future. And I believe this is today. He said, take no thoughts for tomorrow for tomorrow is not promised us it have its trouble of its own uh but and don't worry about yesterday you can't do anything about yesterday but this day that he has given this day that he has given belongs to you and i it belongs to you and i and we have the opportunity to do greater works than what we have done on the other day so lord it's it thank you lord for another opportunity to be used by him listen god wants the best for all of us and he doesn't want any of us to perish he doesn't want any of us to be a failure he doesn't want any of us to lose god made it where we're supposed to multiply in genesis chapter one we'll find that when god was creating everything when he created man he told he said to uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he says, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. Let us make them. And then he's turned around and said, let them multiply and replenish. So in other words, God wants us to multiply in our lives. God wants us to increase in our lives. He doesn't want us to decrease. He wants us to increase. I want you to type under your name. I'm going to increase today. I'm going to increase today. I'm going to increase my faith today. I'm going to increase my joy today. I'm going to increase my happiness today. I'm going to increase my uh, love today. I'm going to do things that I thought I couldn't do because I'm in Christ. The Bible says we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So the things that we thought we could not do are the things that we can do if we stay in Christ. Being committed and staying in Christ can have you to accomplish great and mighty things. Amen, somebody. So we thank God for another opportunity to be in the presence of my brothers and sisters today. So we're going to get in this word, but we're going to pray. Uh, good morning to every last one of you. I tell you, I, uh, man, y'all making my heart rejoice. I'm seeing how you just flooding on this page here. God bless you. God bless you all. Sister Tina, Pastor Carla, God bless you. God bless you, my daughter in the faith, Pastor Carla. God bless you. Good to see you. Uh, Deacon Knight, God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Golden. My brothers in arms, Mr. Tony, God bless you, sir. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Father God, for allowing us to assemble together. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that Lord, our great, our expectations, our great expectation for you to move, Father God, we ask that, Lord, that you were Father God, oblige us and bless us, Father God, by your spirit. You said it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. And so, Father, we pray that, Lord, you will 
Father God, just increase your spirit in us today. Lead us and guide us into all truth today as we depend and lean upon you. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. And so, Father God, we're looking towards you. We need wisdom and knowledge. We need divine counsel that, Lord, that we will be able to be navigated through this day by your word. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for all those ones who's coming online. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, there is no mechanical failures. We pray, Father God, that there is no one that will come on this live to cause a distraction. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, that you will uh, supersede over this and that, Father God, we will have the leading of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the one who is the Spirit of truth that will lead us and guide us through your word today as we submit ourselves, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of you, God, and our ears are attentive to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. We pray, Father God, that you would develop us and create us as you said you would in your, to your Son, in the likeness of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When it's all said and done, Father God, we will live, Father God, before men as a light, that they will see the good works and glorify you, Father, which is in heaven. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Let everyone say amen. Sister Jackson, God bless you so much. Good to see you. So all of you one who are on Facebook Live this morning, greetings unto you. Um, we thank God for you. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube page, we ask that you will go and subscribe to our YouTube page. We are not just on Facebook. But we are also on YouTube. We are also on YouTube. And you can go and subscribe to BKC Lifeline Ministries. BKC stands for Building Kingdom Citizens. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe. Amen, somebody. Hit that bell. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Hit that bell. Somebody say hit that bell. Glory to God. So we're in... Uh, we in Galatians chapter 5. We went back to Galatians chapter 5. God has us in Galatians chapter 5 again this week. We have some things that we need to clarify. We need to, we need to, to address. And so we are in Galatians chapter 5. What are we dealing with this week? We are dealing with stand fast. Whatever you do, don't move from where God has you. Whatever, ever you do. Don't move from where God has you planted, where he has you at. Do not move. Listen, the, the old saint said, I shall not be moved. This is not the time, beloveds, to move from the grace of God. This is not the time to move from that place where God has you planted. Listen, there is a storm out. The old saints had a song saying, there's a storm out on the ocean and it's moving this way if your soul's not anchoring jesus you will surely drift away well listen the storm is not coming the storm is already here wherever god has us anchored at is where we need to remain to be the scripture says, when you have done all to stand, stand therefore anyway. Stand in the liberty in which Christ has made you free. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. I shall not be moved. I want you to type under your name, I shall not be moved. If you're, if you're agreeing with this message this morning, I want you uh, to type under your name, I shall not be moved. Now, the reason why I'm saying 
uh, put a demand on this thing and and why I'm, I'm i'm challenging you to say this is because you're going to have some things that come at you not just today but each day that god allows to give you you're going to have things come at you you're going to have challenges you're going to have things that is going to come to try to uproot you from the foundation in which god has you in there's going to be some things that's going to come that's going to try to make you uh, 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 be distracted, uh, get discouraged. There's going to be some things that come that cause you to not be motivated, lose your drive. There's some things that's going to come that's going to cause you to hesitate on moving forward. There's going to be some things that, that 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 come into your life that will try to make you go backwards instead of going forward. I need you to understand this today, beloveds. You. Cannot move from where God has you to be. I don't care how fierce the winds are. I don't care how big the waves are. I don't care what kind of storm the, the devil will allow you to see with your eyes. Because the Bible says the weapon is formed, but it shall not prosper. So if the Bible tells us the weapon is formed, then he's allowing us to know that we're going to see the weapons that's formed against us. You're going to see the craziness that forms against you. You're going to see the people who are trying to manipulate and try to backbite and try to cause a distraction for you. You're going to see the very uh, economic problems. You're going to see the racial, the racial tension. You're going to see, oh, I feel something already. You're going to see these things happening right before your eyes, but you got to understand it's objective. Its objective comes from the enemy. It comes from, watch this, not flesh and blood, because the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We got to understand we got wickedness. We got evil ones. We got those dark ones in high places who is able to manipulate. The Bible calls our enemy, he's the adversary of our souls. He's the one that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He is as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So this is bigger than flesh and blood. This is a spiritual matter. Now watch this. What he is devising is, is that this thing moves us. Everything he sends our way is its objective is to move us out of the place, move us out of the character of God, move us out of holiness, move us out of righteousness, move us out of the pure sense of mind that we have the victory through Jesus Christ. I need you all to get this in the Holy Ghost today. I need you to get this in the Holy Ghost today. I shall not be moved. Listen, stand fast. Stand fast and don't let nothing move you from where God has you right now. Listen, the Bible also says if you're on the rooftop, don't come off the rooftop to go in the house to get anything. If it's in the house, listen, it's just going to have to get flooded out with the rest of the stuff. But listen, I'm not coming off the rooftop to get nothing. If I left it, it was meant to be left. Listen, beloveds, you cannot allow yourself to get in a place of safety and then come out of the place of safety. You know what I loved about Noah's story? Everybody was so happy about the fact that, you know, when he, when he preached about it, 
God gives you an ark of safety, and He'll put you inside of the ark, and He and He He He, he preserves your family. He keeps your family. He put a made a place for your family. He made an escape for your family. But you know what? The blessed thing that I learned about that Tony, that story, I learned that God won't allow you to jeopardize your life or your family's life. What God will do is, is He'll give you the opportunity to secure your family inside of the ark of safety. But listen, what the Bible says. If you don't believe me, go back and read it yourself. The Bible says when it started to rain, the Bible says Noah and his family went inside of the ark and God shut the door. Listen, y'all got to go back and read that. That thing was, oh, oh, that thing made me want to shout right now. It said God shut the door. You know why God had to shut it? Because when those people start beating on the side of that boat, when the when the people start beating on the side of that 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 boat, that ship, or whatever you want to call it, that that ark of safety that God gave for Noah and his family, Noah would have felt in his heart. You know how we get we get compassionate. We hear that stuff. We want to help people when they're in trouble. But the whole while Noah was preaching, nobody wanted to hear him. The whole while when he was preaching in grace, nobody wanted to hear him. But then when he got inside of the boat, I know it was people outside banging on that boat. I know and I know it did something to Noah's heart. Sometimes God has to shut you in to make sure you don't jeopardize where you position or your family where you position. Oh, I need somebody to say, I need somebody to put under their name, I need to stand. I need to stand. Come on, somebody. Put that under your name. I need to see that we're living there right now. Listen, I'm about to get in the word. I'm about to get in this word. But listen, we have to understand that we're living in perilous times. We're living in some strange times. We're living in some scary times. We're living in some we're living in some chaotic times. We're living in some, some times that is unexplainable by human knowledge. We see the news trying to explain it. We see television trying to explain it. We Listen, we see um, people that's, that's coming together in conversations trying to explain this, but there is no explanation for it but God. But no one wants to acknowledge God. There is no, there is no other uh, explanation for what is basically going on around us but God. And listen, you're gonna we're gonna acknowledge him one way or another, but there is some craziness going on. But listen, God forewarned us, He told us in His Word what was going to be, what was going to happen. Why did He tell us that? So we can plant ourselves, so we can root ourselves, so we'll be able to stand through the things that God was going to allow to come because all of this stuff that is happening around the world is happening because of disobedience. All of these things that are happening around the world is happening around the world because they refuse to acknowledge God. All of these things are happening around the world is because we refuse to live according to this right here. Listen, and so what are we rooted in? What are we standing in? What are, what's causing us to be firm? What's causing us to have a foundation that we shall not be moved? It is the word of God. Mm, the true and unadulterated word of God. Can I get somebody to say amen right there? Can somebody say thank God for his word? Come on, somebody. Say thank God for his word. So we're going to get into Galatians chapter 5. Some great stuff in Galatians chapter five. We stopped on verse eleven yesterday, which we're gonna we're gonna 
uh, piggyback a little bit on, on that but for a few minutes and then we're going to go into verse 12. But again, in, in this chapter, we find that Paul is trying to address the Gentile nation. He was trying to address the Galatian church. He was trying to address um, the ones that, that he had given the gospel to, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of circumcision of the heart instead of circumcision of the flesh. And he, he, he comes back to them after they got their deliverance, after signs of wonders were performed, after they were convicted by the impacting of the gospel. Paul leaves and then next they have some men come behind Paul who's supposed to be brothers of the faith, comes back and undo the hard work that God allowed Paul to do and even preach it to the Gentile nation. Now Paul comes back and double backs around to check on them. He comes back to see how they're doing. He comes back to rejoice with them because of their transformation and their, they're getting their, their liberty. They're getting their healing. They're getting an opportunity to know that they matter. And now all of a sudden, they halt between two opinions. Why are they haunting between two opinions? Because they allow someone to get in their head. Listen, beloveds, I need you to type under your name, I have to stop letting people get in my head. I know that's a long phrase, but I, come on, can you just type that? I have to stop letting people get in my head. One thing that our old mother used to, uh, uh, told me and my wife Ned used to say, but what, 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 uh, what a beautiful woman of God, Minister of the gospel, um, uh, Mother Fripp, Mother Fripp, Mother Fripp told me and my wife when we first came into ministry, she said, if you want to last in ministry, she said, if you want to keep, keep continuing to be fruitful, flourishing and victorious in the Lord, she said, this is what you need to pray to God for, to deliver you from people. She said, you have to be delivered from people if you're going to be able to stand in these days. Now, listen, beloveds, I need to tell y'all something. She never lied. When you read scripture, what always got the men and women of God in trouble was men and women. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Let me say that again. What got, what, what had the people, the men and women of God in trouble was the men and women. Listen, we allow too many people influence in our lives. We allow too many people to have an influence in our lives. They, we let their their voicing of their opinion matter more than what God says. Wait a minute, say that again. We we allow their influence. <laughs> I'm trying to calm down, y'all. We allow too many people influence in our lives, and it, it it's their influence is more than what we take from God. And so, therefore, now we get in trouble because of what someone else says. Now, here's the thing about this, what somebody else says. That might work on another man. That might work on another woman when you tell them, well, you know, so-and-so told me this, and the reason why I did this is because of so-and-so said this. That's not going to work on God. We cannot take the God and say the reason why I disobeyed you is because so-and-so said it. Or the reason why I didn't carry out your orders is because so-and-so said it. That might work with your mom. That might work with your daddy sometimes. That might even work with your girl or your boy. It might work with your children. But I'm here to tell you, beloved, it's, it's not going to work with God. God is telling each and every one of us that every man has to give an account for the deeds in which they do with inside of their flesh. What they do in the eyesight of God, we 
are accountable for what we do in the eyesight of God. This is why I'm y'all y'all hear me say this this uh, this verse and out of this chapter, you'll probably hear this me say this until I return to the dust. Listen. Inside of Romans chapter 12, this is why the man of God pleads with us. He says, I plead with you by the mercy of God that you present your body as the living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Watch this. Is your reasonable service. So he's saying what you do before God is your reasonable service. And we individually have to give God a service simply because mercy was was granted to us. Mercy was granted to each and every one of us. Mercy has been granted to the world. Why mercy was granted to the world? Because God gave Jesus to the world. Listen, we have mercy, but how many of us are really actually serving him and giving him what's due him out of that mercy? So I, I, I want you to, we cannot allow people to get in our heads and alter the plans. Paul was talking to the Galatian church and he says, I need you to understand this. How in the world did you have this impacting of the word and you had this transformation of the word and then now you saying you never had it or you contemplating whether you had it or not. How did this happen so quickly? He said, I don't even know how you turned your back on God that quickly. How did you forget God that you taste and see that the Lord was good that quickly? How did you forget about the impact? How did you forget about the encounter? How did you forget about how God loved on you just that fast? People, the Bible says, even when it came down to Saul and David, what caused the the, the influx of the, uh, the, the, the anger and the frustration and the jealousy in the relationship between Saul and David was people. You don't remember when they were having a celebration in the city and the the, 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 the people talking about Saul kill a thousand and David ten thousand. See, that was wrong right there. See, that was wrong. You don't you don't start comparing people to one another. See, you're wrong right there. And guess what, beloveds? We have that going on today. Oh, this prophet is better than this prophet because, you know, we start weighing each other. Oh, this preacher right here is better than that preacher. Oh, this church is better than that church. Oh, and so now you planting discord. You're planting envy. You're planting jealousy. Oh, y'all like, oh, ain't nobody going to say nothing. I don't see nothing said right there. Listen, we cause tension between uh, congregations, brothers and sisters, uh, 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 titles we place against another. And so therefore, now the church can't grow because we got this influx of anger and malice and backbiting. And oh, nobody ain't going to say nothing. Oh, boy, this, oh. This is already good. David kill a thousand. I mean, um, Saul kill a thousand. David ten thousand. Now you got me comparing my ministry to the next individual, and so now I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that, and before you know it, jealousy done creeped in, envy done creeped in, and now I want to kill my brother instead of encourage my brother. Now I want to, I want, I want to allow my brother or backbite my brother uh, uh, because now I'm jealous of my brother and I don't want them to achieve more than me. So instead of me encouraging and uplifting and covering, now I become the enemy of my brother. Do y'all see how this works out? Do y'all see how this works out? Listen, it, you can't allow the influence of others to get inside of your head. Because if you do, 
you'll surely be removed from the place where you planted. Let's, 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 let's just go a little bit further. So, so, so Paul turns around in verse 11 in uh, Galatians chapter 5, and this is what he says. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense, then is the offense of the cross ceased. So, so in other words, Paul was saying to them, he was like, okay, so if I'm preaching a lie, um, if, and, and if what I'm saying to you is not trustworthy and, and, and all of this, and you're hearing what they're saying, and, and they're telling you, you need to be circumcised. Well, if you being circumcised, how is that more different from what's happening right now? Because I'm circumcised. I'm a Jew. I came up in that way. And yet I'm preaching to you what you should get delivered from. And they're around here trying to kill me. They're around here turning you all against me. They're around. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. I'm, circum, I'm circumcised. If this is supposed to be a, a, a thing where I prosper from, I'll be in good health and I'll be happy. Then why am I being persecuted? See how people will switch things around and have, have you looking like the, the bad guy telling you to do this thing one way. And actually their way is contrary and that it'll really have you in a worse bind than what you are in. They, Paul was saying, listen, if you're circumcised, then if this is supposed to be the right way, then you shouldn't be being persecuted. But I'm being persecuted and I did it the right way. So you got to be careful what people say to you and getting put in your head that this is the right way to do it. This is how you're supposed to do it. This is, because these ones who tell you this is the way they have to do this is the way you have to do it in order to receive the blessings of God. This is the way you got to do it to receive the anointing of God. This is the way you got to do it for God to be pleased. This is the way you got to do it. Now, first of all, here's the thing that, that Jesus says. Jesus says, listen, I need you to understand the conversation of the Pharisees. He says, now they're saying the truth. Watch this. They're saying the truth. Yeah, yeah. Listen to what they say, but don't do what they do. In other words, they're teaching the word, but they can't fulfill the word. Now, these are the, this is the thing that is, is a scary thing, Nakia, is that this we have a lot of people who speak right things when it comes to the scripture. But we don't stick around long enough or we don't look close enough to see if these individuals carrying out what they're telling us to carry out. Wait, wait a minute. You, let's, let's even bring this even home, Tony. Let's bring this home, Grant. Uh. You ever been on a job where the person will tell you what you ought to be doing the right way? They, they tell you the right thing to do. Now, this is how you're supposed to do it on the job. But then just before they let you loose on it, they tell you, but I found out that you can do it a little easier if you do it this way. Now, you just gave me the right way to do it, but you're going to turn around and tell me the wrong way, too. Or you're going to wind up doing, they wind up doing the wrong thing. And then you say, well, then you say you're supposed to do this this way. Well, I just found that out that's a little easier doing it this way. I mean, they just want you to know. Y'all, listen, listen, I'm, I, I, need to talk to, I need to talk to somebody right now. Because I've been on a couple of jobs where some people told me, say, um, 
yeah, they just tell you that just to be telling you that because that's the right way to do it. But I found an easier way to do it. See, this is how Pharisees are. These are scribes. You know what I'm saying? They, these are the ones that they know the truth. They know the way, but they're not going to do it. They'll tell somebody else to do it, but they're not going to do it because they found an easier way. They found a way that is going to be uh, impactful for them. They found a way that's going to please their, their needs, their wants, their desires. They found another way. Now, they'll tell you to do the right thing now. They'll tell you, you the right way to do it, but they won't do it. And let me tell you what's what's the thing with us as humans. We hear what you say, but what drives us and motivates us and moves us even more is, is what you do. So a lot of times we hear people say stuff, but then when we see you do something else, we're more so to take what you've done than what you said. But it's a prime example. My mom used to tell me, she says, um, don't you drink? Because my mom was a heavy drinker. My mom used to be out there. She used to do a little party thing. And and, uh, and so my mom used to always tell uh, me and my brothers and my sister, uh, don't y'all party. Y'all don't need a party. Uh, you don't need to drink. You don't need to do all this stuff. All you need to do is you need to go to school, get your education, and be able to have a career. And my mama told me all the good stuff. She told us all the good stuff. But all we kept seeing was her do the bad stuff. And guess what trained us? All of the bad stuff, not the good stuff we heard, but the bad stuff she did. And most of us, y'all already know the story. Most of us, we wind up in the bad stuff. And then we had to find out later, we should have been listening to her. Okay, nobody said that. Anyway, Paul tells the Corinthian, I mean, tells the Galatian church, he says, listen, I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. If you are circumcised or uncircumcised, it Christ profit you nothing. It availeth nothing when it comes to Christ. It availeth nothing when it comes to Christ. If the things in your heart is not circumcised by the word of God, it's not cut away by the word of God, then whether you circumcise or uncircumcised, it's not going to matter to you because that thing is still engrafted in your heart. That thing is still in your heart. Whatever wickedness is in your heart is preventing you from having a real, genuine relationship and connection with God. And so until the word that is powerful and sharper than two-edged sword get into your heart and cut away all of that filth and all of that evil and all of that wickedness, all of that thing, all of that stuff that causes you to be disobedient in the, in the face of God, if the word does not cut that thing away, listen, beloveds, it don't matter if you circumcise or uncircumcised. You're going to go to hell just the same. Because the stuff is still in our hearts. This is why the scriptures say the heart is desperately wicked and who can know it? Who would you want to know it? I would want God to know my heart so the things that need to come out of there can come out of there. Listen, beloved. So Paul was saying to them, he was like, listen, listen, I'm being persecuted and I did it right. So whether I whether you do it right or you don't do it right, listen, somebody will always have something to say concerning you. Listen, don't get yourself bent up out of shape. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Don't get yourself bent up out of shape. Don't get yourself to that place where you at a pity party. You don't went into depression. You don't went into oppression because people, you're doing, you're doing everything that you can to do this thing right by God. You try to listen. You reading the word. You praying. You fasting. You laboring trying to do everything that God says. And it seemed like you not getting no credit for nothing. It seemed like every time you turn around, somebody got.
got something negative to say every time you turn around. Somebody digging at you every time you turn around. You got a crowd smirking, got their eyes and their nose up. They just don't, they don't believe nothing you got to say. Listen, beloved. <laughs> Paul said here, he says, it don't matter if you did it right or you did it wrong. Somebody going to always have something to say in regards to you. Somebody is always going to have some negativity. And you know why that is? The Bible said that the, the second commandment is love thy neighbor as thyself. Listen. If a person is negative to you when you're doing stuff right, this is because that person don't even love themselves. They have not found the way yet to loving themselves. And when they don't love themselves, we know they're not in relationship with God. Because God, being in a relationship with him, he teaches you how to love yourself. He teaches you how you who you had supposed to have been from the get-go. He teaches you that you're greater than what you believe that you were. He he takes the excess noise of other voices out of your life that you can really hear him and that he can really tell you how you are wonderfully and fearfully made in him, how he has caused you to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, how he will have you to hear that you're the righteousness of God. Listen, he'll take the clutter of other people's voices that had you in the shadows that had you in the murk and miry clay, had you in a place where Satan wanted to devour you and destroy you, God will come in and give you that strength to come out from among them and be separated. Listen, 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 beloved. You can't allow people to cause you to not hear God. Oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Listen. So Paul said it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they say. Only thing that matters is what God says. I need you to type under your name. The only thing matters is what God says. I need you to type that quickly under your name and put those exclamation points behind that. The only thing that matters is what God says. See, until we make that declaration in our lives, we're going to stop. We're going to keep being uh, victims and we're going to keep falling prey to what other people say, what other people uh, what other people uh, opinion is. We're going to fall prey to how people speak over our lives and we'll come subject to what they say. Listen, until you realize that only what God says really matters, you're not going to be successful or you're not going to make it. So verse 12, let's go into verse 12. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Verse 12 says, I would they were even cut off which trouble you. Listen what he says. Paul says, listen, I know you've been troubled by these people because the, the way you acted, you, you, you can't tell me you wasn't troubled by these people because I see it in your attitude. I see it in your action. Listen, oh boy, we about to go some, oh, I feel, listen, the Holy Ghost, ah, we about to go somewhere, Sister Tina. Listen, he says, he says, I know you've been troubled and I want even those ones who trouble you, I wish that they would be cut off. Y'all don't believe what he said. Listen, listen to what Paul says now in verse 12. Mark it with your pen, stamp it, write it on a piece of paper, put it on your refrigerator. This is what the brother said. He said, I would that, I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. He says, I want them cut off from you who troubled you. Because you shouldn't be troubled in your mind anymore after Christ has made you free. Which is what the scripture said. There is no more condemnation unto them that are in Christ Jesus. 
Listen, you you free whom the Son has made free is truly free indeed. They're troubling you. Listen, you can't get your praise on because people troubling you. You can't worship because people troubling you. You can't pray because people are troubling you. Do I have some witnesses on this live that I know is it's I know it's one on here that can that can feel me at this moment. You, you, you used to be excited to pray. You used to be excited to read. You used to be excited to go into worship. You used to be excited to greet and meet your brothers and sisters. But them, ooh, them people that Satan has a hold of that infiltrated my life, those people that came and they done aggravated and frustrated and troubled me. So now my attitude and my conduct is the way that God need me to be. Oh, I'm nasty. I'm condescending. I don't have nothing good to say. My face always ball up. Oh, I got a frown on my face. Boy, I got a twinkle in my eye that I wish you would say something to me. Uh, you got that, that thought in your mind. I wish another person would tell me something about God. The way I feel right now, and I'm so fed up with these so holier than thou people. Oh, Y'all better come on now. Somebody better talk to me right now. Somebody better talk to me right now. We we in this place where now we have allowed so much uh, of people who just feel that they just got that right on God. They just got, listen, y'all, they got that right on God. What do you mean they got that right on God? Everything they say is right and everything you doing is wrong. Everything you say is wrong and everything they say and do is right. They just got that right on God. You know what I'm saying? Or you, if you don't get they right, you ain't getting in heaven. They done took God's seat. Hello, somebody. They have taken God's seat, and now they want to tell you, oh, you ain't saved because you, you don't speak like this. You ain't righteous because your tongue ain't deep enough. You ain't righteous because you don't quit. You, <laughs> you don't shake when, when you say his name. You ain't right because you don't run around the church. You ain't right because you ain't got a right praise break. You ain't right because everything they say is right. They just got this right on God. You understand what I'm saying? And so now Paul's telling the Galatian church, he said, I know they're aggravating you because I don't see you wanting to worship anymore. I know they're aggravating you and they're troubling you because you don't have a desire to come into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet should stand within his gates, old Jerusalem. Oh, we don't even have that thought no more. Go to church. Man, what's going to be the deal today? We don't have that mindset anymore. Why? Because people have troubled us. And listen, it wasn't people in the world that troubled the Galatian church. It was the church. Oh, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. It was the priest. It was the elders. It was the teachers. It was the scribe. Nobody ain't gonna say nothing right here. They troubled these people. They stopped these people from having a relationship with Jesus. They stopped these people from having a connection with their father. They stopped these people from being led by the Holy Spirit because they were saying their 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 conversion was falsified. Their 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 inheritance is fake. Their promises is not promises really from them because they didn't get it their way. Church people better watch out how they are presenting themselves to the world. Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world. I came that the world through me might be saved. So if that being the case, why are we so judgmental? Why are we always trying to put ourselves above everybody else? Listen, 
Y'all, I'm about to get a little explicit. I'm about to get a little explicit, y'all. Y'all, please pray for me. Pray for me because I feel the Holy Ghost on this. But pray for me now. Get a little explicit. Listen, some of us were prostitutes. We weren't the ones that was out in the street. But we showed up with some undercover prostitutes. Yes, we was. We were sleeping with anything that came by that gave us a chance. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. We were liars. We were gamblers. Oh, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Oh, look at this. Oh, ain't nobody wanna say nothing right here. Some of us was the worst ones in the world. But now since God saved our lives, the Bible said, don't put on no cloak of malice. Don't you sit around here and act like you ain't never had a problem that you were always saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. No, you wasn't. And some of us, if it wasn't for the grace of God, that liar jump out on us real quick. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me if the, if, the, if the grace of God wasn't upon our lives, some of us would be out here fornicating right now. If the grace of God wasn't upon our lives, if we weren't being led by the Holy Spirit, we'll be right out here playing numbers to listen. Y'all listen, listen. We need to stop as a body of Christ being so judgmental. Let God do the judging. Let us come together and let us give the gospel to those people who really need the gospel. Listen, because this thing is coming down to the wire. And I promise you, some people, if we don't change our ways, we don't change our attitude. Most of us is going to be in hell if we don't change our conduct. Oh, my God, from Zion. Paul tells the Galatian church, they have troubled you and your conduct ain't right. Listen what it says. He says, and I, I, I want them to be cut off from you. I was looking at Joshua 7 and 25. Why did he want them cut off? Why did he want them cut off? Can, can we look at this? The Bible says in Joshua 7, 25. I'm reading from the NLT version. It says, then Joshua says to Achan. Anybody know who Achan is? It says, why have ye, why have you brought trouble on us? So Achan brought trouble on the camp with Joshua and them because he took an accursed thing. God told him not to take nothing, but he went and he took something and he hid it. Watch this. He hid it in the camp. Oh, God. Can, can you put under your name, watch who you bring in your camp? Come on, type under your name, watch who you bring in your camp. No, y'all ain't going to talk to me this morning, but I'm going to talk to somebody who want to talk this morning. Type under your name, watch who you bring in your camp. The Bible says Achan brought an accursed thing in the camp and caused Joshua and the whole camp to get cut off from God. Listen, you can bring one individual in your camp that, that brought an accursed thing that God said don't supposed to be there and God cut your whole family off because of that individual. Oh, Nikki, did you hear that? Did you hear that, Sister Jones? Did you hear that, Sister Ty? Oh, nobody ain't saying nothing. Did you hear that, Brother Tony? Mmm, that's something to think about. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Got to be careful who I bring in my camp. I got to be careful who I bring in my camp because what you bring in the camp can very well spoil your camp and call, cause God to cut off your camp until you get it right. The Bible says, watch this. It says, the Lord will now bring trouble on you. This is what Joshua is saying to Achan because he realized that Achan was the one that brought it. And he says, all of, the, all of Israel stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. Listen, Lord have mercy, Jesus. 
listen, if if somebody is troubling your camp, you need to get them out the camp. Can you type under your name when I find them to get now? When I figure out who that is in my camp that's causing me not to be blessed, causing me not to have praise, causing me not to my worship to be distorted, causing me to give strange fire to God. When I find out who it is, they got to get out the camp. Listen. Listen, some people in the camp can cause you to be cut off from God because we are harboring them and they're harboring something that God says you're not supposed to have. Listen, it caused trouble in the camp. It caused trouble for those people. What did Paul say? He says, dumb people troubling you. I want those folk who troubling you cut off from you because you right now, you can't receive the blessings from God. You can't receive the anointing from God. You can't receive worship from God and God can't receive worship from you. Listen, you can't give God to him what he really is due because other people are troubling you. We say, oh, nobody can't do nothing to you. You got you got control over yourself. You know, you can you can you can do this thing and go through this thing. No, no, no. People can trouble you. People can get in your mind. People can get in your heart. Sometimes we we allow people to infiltrate our lives and they become more influencing than what they ought to be in our lives. And then they cause us heartaches and trouble after a while. Listen, Paul says, I know they troubled you. Oh, my God, from Zion. Listen what it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 5 and 13. I'm reading from the NLT version. God will judge those on the other side. On the, uh, God will judge them on the outside. But as the scriptures say, ye or you must remove the evil person from among you. Let me read that again. This is 1 Corinthians 5 and 13. I'm reading from the NLT version. It says, God will judge those on the outside. But as the scripture says, you, oh, somebody type under your name, I have to do it. Come on, type under your name, I have to do it. God's not doing this. Watch what he says. You must remove the evil person from among you. God said, I'm not going to move them. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No, no. That's, that's your responsibility. See, see, when God says to come out from among them, be ye separate, says the Lord, he gives you the responsibility, the authority, and the power to walk out. He's not going to go in there and grab you. I was talking about this with a Bible study group last night where we always hear all of these pastors say, um, the Lord is shifting you. Or we hear a lot of pastors say, or prophets and teachers and evangelists, oh, the Lord is shifting you. The Lord is shifting you. Well, um, a lot of the scriptures that I'm reading, it don't look like God's shifting us. It looks like God's telling you, you better shift yourself. You are out of alignment with me. You are out of place with me. So why am I going to shift you back in? That's a force move. If you're shifting something, there's a force. If you're in a car and you got a stick shift, you got to shift in gears. It's a force thing. It's not easy. It's not a, it's a force thing. You're putting it in its position. God is not going to force you into position with him. He's giving you the opportunity to be able to put yourself in place where you need to be. So when you're talking about coming out from among them and being separated, that's you coming out, shifting yourself. The scripture says in 2 Chronicles, if my people, will, uh, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Turning means, turning means you're shifting. 
It doesn't mean God shifting you. It means you're shifting into what God told you to shift into. God gives us opportunity to get back in line. He did not put us out of line, so he's not going to put us back in line. He's going to give us the opportunity. He's going to put the word out there. He's going to put the he's going to put the truth out there, and it's our responsibility to shift back in. You see how we try to shift, and we, we try to shift the responsibility on God to shift us back with Him. No, 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 no. God, God said, Mm-mm, I didn't say that. I said that I will put give you what is the truth. You accept the truth, then you can shift and align yourself back to the place where God wants you to be. See, we cannot listen. We cannot be listening to these catchy phrases and listening to people say stuff that is not agreeable to scripture. The scripture tells us what God says for us to do. I want you to put under your name, we have responsibility. I want you to put that under your name because we don't hear this enough in uh, in our, our Christian environment or in the kingdom. We don't hear responsibility. It is our responsibility to stay in line with God. And if we get out of line with God, it is our responsibility to get back in the line. Not God shifting. Oh, God shifting me. God shifting. No, 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 no. God's not shifting. If God was doing the shifting, this is my last point on this. Let me get off of this because I know some people on here already clicking off right now because they don't like that. But listen, listen, if it was God's responsibility to do that, then listen, beloveds. God wouldn't have said a lot of the stuff or had any of the people to pin the stuff that he was saying. Listen. God is giving us the opportunity to be in line with him. So scriptures that we hear in the Bible basically shows us that it is our responsibility to line up, not God's responsibility to push us into a place forcefully. The Bible says that he gave us free will. So if he was doing the shifting, why was it a need for us to have free will? He can just force us into doing whatever he wants us to do. If we get out of line, he can just go ahead and just push it back in there. But he doesn't do that. He, he wouldn't be compassionate nor sovereign if he forced us back in line. What he said was, is that I am, I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm, I'm giving you the word. I'm calling you. A call is not a shift. Tony, pray for me. Hold me up, sir. Hold me up, uh, Pastor Carla. A calling is not a shift. If he called you, that means he's giving you the ability to shift yourself because wherever you were going, you were going in the wrong direction. So if he called you, now it's your job to do the shifting and coming back. He's not shifting you. He's not moving you. He's not forcing. He's causing you to do that for yourself. Okay, let's get off of that. Let's go on because I know somebody on don't agree with that, but it, it, we we can agree to disagree. Hey, I won't stop. I won't stop being your brother, and I won't allow you to stop being my brother or sister simply because we don't agree on that. But I'm just saying, according to Scripture, it don't look like God's doing the shifting. It looks like we are having to shift with God. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, so here we go. Let's get it. Let's get into this next one. Galatians chapter one. Galatians chapter one, verses eight through nine. The NLT version. Watch what it says. Let God, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even the angels from heaven. Listen to this, y'all. Who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you? Listen to what Paul said to the Galatian church. He says, I say again what we have said before. 
if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Paul said, listen, the very good news that we preach to you all, that you have received your deliverance, you received your healing, you have received your breakthrough, you have received your holiness, your completeness in your life, you got the victory as you know it. If anybody else come to preach something else and call it good news and cause you to come out of what God has already given you, let them be cursed. I didn't say it. It said, let God curse fall on anyone. So you mean God has a curse? Yes, he does. God has a curse for anyone who is disobedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anyone who has disobeyed his son. Listen to what the Bible says when Jesus was taken up into the mountain and was trans, uh, transfigurated uh, before Peter, James, and John. The Bible says that the Lord spoke from out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son. Hear he him. The moment we stop hearing Jesus is the moment that the curse of God is going to fall upon us because that was God's command. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear he him. Listen, what did the son say? Follow me. What did the son say to us? Uh, his, uh, his, his, his mind is uh, being about his father's business. What is, what, what is the son saying to us? To keep the commandments of him. To love the father. Listen, all of these stuff. Listen, all of this stuff here. Good news. It takes, it takes the disobedience from the heart. Because everything we had before the word got in our hearts was taking us away from God. It was separating us from God. It was isolating us from God. But when the word got into our hearts, it separated those things that had us separated from God. And now the word brings us closer to God, bring us in relationship with God. So if that's being the case, then why are we going to allow somebody else to bring us something else? That will remove what we have that removed us from what we had that didn't have us where we are now good god y'all i want to shout good god almighty jesus the lamb of god he's paul says let them be cursed let them be cursed why because they are separating you from your bond with god they're separating us from that bond with Jesus Christ. They're separating you. They're frustrating you. They're troubling you that you can't function the way God wants you to function. It is a it's a it's a it's a shame that we can be in a wealthy place to grow and to to be uh victorious and, and we can be uh um prosperous but we don't be prosperous because we have the frustration of people. We have the frustration of things that don't pertain to our growth development. And so here's what Paul says. May they be cursed for doing this to you. Listen, can I just say this before? Because I'm about to, I got to get off of here in a few minutes. Let me say this to you all who are on here. This might not be for everybody, but for the ones that is, for the, for the two, three, four, about 10, 50 of you, let me say this to you. Those ones who have been frustrating you, those ones who've been stunting your growth, those ones who have not allowed the, 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 the 
promise of God, the word of God to flourish you and nurture you in the way that you're supposed to be, the curse of God is going to be upon their life. They're not going to be able to get it together for nothing. They're not going to flourish. They're not going to gain. They're not, no good thing is going to happen to them because they're frustrating you. And God says, if you mess with the least one of mine, you might as well put a millstone around your neck, put your own self in the sea and drown yourself. Listen, Lord have mercy, Jesus. Listen, it is a bad thing to mess with God's people. It's a bad thing to turn people against God. And that's what they were doing. They were turning the people against God. They frustrated them so that these people could not operate in happiness. They could not operate in peace. They could not operate in love. And so they just really, really turned these people away from God. And God curse fell upon them. We found out that the Pharisees couldn't get it together. The Sadducees couldn't get it together. The scribes couldn't get it together. They kept losing. They kept losing uh, popularity from the people. The people wouldn't even gain. They weren't gaining the people anymore. People were leaving their congregations. People were not um, honoring them or respecting them. They were losing. Why? Because they were causing people to be frustrated with serving God. We don't suppose God doesn't put stuff on us where serving him is grievous. Okay, nobody said nothing right there. God doesn't put anything on us that will cause us to serve him grievously. He doesn't do that. We we who know God, God inspires us to love him even the more. He inspires us to serve him even, even the more. We anticipate serving God every day. But there is people who will frustrate us in our service to God and cause us be able to not be able to do what is just in the eyesight of God. Paul says that I would that those ones be cut off from you. Lord have mercy, Jesus. So I'm going to have to pick this back up next. Uh, I'm going to have to pick this up tomorrow. Lord's will life last. Um, again, if you have not subscribed to the YouTube page, Please go to the YouTube page. We are on YouTube. Uh, go subscribe to BK Sideline uh, Ministries, uh, Building Kingdom Citizens. Please go, please go and subscribe there. Hit that bell and subscribe. Join the family of Lifeline. We pray that God will bless you. Go back and study uh, Galatians chapter 5. See what God is really saying in there. See how Paul is ministering to those people to stand fast and hold their, their faith and don't allow people to get in their heads and make them turn from what they know they have received from God. And I will be back with you. Lord's will, life lasts tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock here on Lifeline. God bless you and you have a wonderful